Hi, I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. And this is What Should You Ask? Hey, welcome back. I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. Thanks for joining us. Today on What Should You Ask, Todd, we're talking about what should you ask when you're looking for a vehicle, buying a vehicle, trying to get financing, right? Got it. Yes, and we got a great guest with us today. So we've got Paul Stovesand, who's the sales manager at Paducah Ford Lincoln Mazda. Right, Paul? That's correct. Um, and so here's an interesting story about Paducah Ford. So you all, if you're to the listeners out there, my first job I had, we talked about was at Kroger. The second job I ever had was at Paducah Ford. And I was filing paper service tickets. Do you remember that? You remember, oh, Paul? I've, I've done that job. It was yeah. tedious. <laughs> yeah, you file paper service tickets into these folders. And I guess they had a folder for every vehicle. Because yeah. I remember putting VIN stickers uh, VIN stickers on there. And I actually worked at the Paducah Ford that was down on Jefferson and I was working there when it moved into the old Lowe's building. Did you know that used to be Lowe's? Yes, I yeah. do remember when that used to be Lowe's. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I think all of our listeners have in common, and we've all bought cars or we all have a car, we all like cars. But what's the most common rumor or misconception that people have about the car buying process? I guess you could always go back to the uh, aggressive salesperson, you know, and that's that's always a persona you you think about when you buy a car. But um, if you think about how many dealerships are out there and how many family-run dealerships, the auto industry employs a lot of people across this country. Yeah, And most of them are very genuine, very good people. The, the salesperson, their primary job is to find what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. That's their, that's their primary job. Uh, if they're not asking the right questions to point you in that direction, it, uh, they're not really doing, doing what they're supposed to. So the days of the the aggressive sales yeah. guy that's all over that that didn't happen anymore, right? No, the guy the guy that's wearing a suit that's two times too big, standing in front of the dent while he's talking to you, trying to sell the car so you don't <laughs> see it. He's if uh, if anyone found out about that, he'd be long gone. Yeah. So, so if if somebody was looking for a, a new to them vehicle, where do you suggest they start? Uh, well, most people start on the internet now, okay, um, or a manufacturer's website, or just you know, reading online, um, say a consumer reports or something like that. Okay. You know, you, the journey usually starts online, but then, you know, it, it gets to the point where I need to physically see and touch and smell the car. Cars are so complicated now. If my grandmother was going out looking for a car, are there any things that sort of just on the surface that they should look at to think, well, maybe, maybe that gives me some cause for some concern? Well, you always, always want to ask for a vehicle history report. So a vehicle history report, you, the main one you see on TV is Carfax, but there's other- the Carfax, right? Yeah, the Carfax, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, auto check is primarily what everyone, what the auctions and stuff like that use. Okay. Um, and they, and a dealer will supply one on your request. So all you have to do is ask for it. Okay. Um, now, every incident that gets reported shows up on a Carfax. Uh -huh. So say you're in a Walmart parking lot and you back into your neighbor- that and you call it, and somebody calls the police just to have it for your insurance purposes. That will show up. That's not a big deal, right? Um, some things that you might want to look into after you review the Carfax is or the uh, history report, report yeah. would be a um, you know it's like an airbag deployment, yeah, or maybe frame. That usually means pretty serious incident. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't mean the car's bad. I mean, if we we have cars that come into the body shop all the time that have airbag deployments and they 
actually get a new airbag put in and the car gets put back together. But um, it is always uh, your prerogative to take a car, a used vehicle, to somebody that you trust to put it on a lift and inspect it. So like take it to a mechanic. Yeah. Because that's one of the questions that I had is what should I look for during a test drive? So if I say, hey, Paul, I see this used used vehicle at Paducah Ford mm-hmm. um, and I want to take it for a test drive. They, you, dealerships normally don't have any objection if I say I'm going to take it down the street to so-and-so and have them just no, check it out. I, we encourage that because we want somebody else to, I mean, even though it goes through our shop and, uh-huh. and we inspect everything, it gives uh, the customer another level of confidence and they know exactly what they're buying. That's what you want. You want them to be completely transparent and, and know exactly what the customer's buying. That's good. What I, I absolutely that. would stay away from is something with a branded title. That's just okay. me personally. A lot, of, a lot of people do buy them because they are inexpensive uh-huh. relative to what that card normally would be. But it's buyer beware. Uh, yeah, exactly. And we couldn't finance a vehicle like that. So okay. you'd have to pay cash for it. Well, that's interesting. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about price, how to get financed, and what financing options are out there. So uh, we'll be back after a commercial break. Bankruptcy is a nightmare to go through. What should you ask? Well, that's why Farmer and Wright are a sponsor of What Should You Ask? Because that's one of the toughest questions you'll face. How do you answer those credit calls? What do you do when you're faced with innumerable bills and debt collectors breathing down your neck? Farmer and Wright can help answer those questions. If you're listening to their What Should You Ask podcast, you've heard a lot of great advice already, but it may be time to get them involved in your case. Get a fresh start and find out what you should ask at Farmer Wright. That's right with a W dot com. Okay, welcome back. I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. Thanks for joining us back on What Should You Ask? So we were right before the break, we were talking about what to look for in cars and the ability to get them financed, which kind of brought me to one of my main questions today. So let's say I'm on your lot. I find a car that I like. Let's say I've got 1500 bucks in cash. Mm-hmm. Um, would that be enough for me to go to a car lot, like yeah. to go to Paducah Ford and look for a used vehicle? Yeah, I always I always um, recommend 2000 but 15 certainly certainly can work. And, you know, if you've got really strong credit, you don't need anything. Yeah. You can borrow the, the whole, the whole um, everything you need to, to purchase the vehicle. You know, in our uh, law, law practice, we own a law firm as well. And so many times we'll see people that have had some dings on their credit mm-hmm. and are trying to get their credit reestablished and uh, get their credit score back up. So let's say you have someone with that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for you, to say, I think this person would be, it would be a, a low risk for us. Well, they, it goes back to that equity position. Mm-hmm. So what you what you don't want to be in is, um, uh, you know, have a car that's worth $5,000 that you owe $7,000 on. Because right. that makes it much harder. Because now you got tax title license and this extra $2,000 that you have to finance. Because the bank's not, not going to approve a loan uh, with two, in some cases. When you're upside down. Yeah, yeah we call that upside down yeah. in our law office. And, yeah. and they won't let you have two cars either. So they're going to yeah. request that you trade it in. So, you know, it's either maybe drive the car a little longer until you pay it down a little more or uh, save up a little money before you before you go in and, and try to purchase something because you're going to be in a better position. Not that you can't get it done, yeah. but it makes it a lot easier and the, the terms are going to be more favorable. So let me ask you, um, and as this relates to our other, the, the, the law practice that we own, you know, 
you're willing to work with folks who don't have 100% of the cash ready to pay for the vehicle, oh, yeah, right? And absolutely. full disclosure, I've actually worked with you before to help some of my clients in my law practice get mm-hmm. financing. So, yes. I mean, you don't you don't require somebody to come with all the cash in a wheelbarrow. No, no. If if it, it's two weeks before you get the money, we absolutely will, will work with that or maybe even a little bit longer. So, if you don't have the full down payment up front, but you need a vehicle we're not we're not going to say come back in two weeks and bring yeah. the rest of the money. We'll go ahead and do the deal. And then, you know, that that brings up an interesting a question as you were talking about coming in to, to do a car deal. I think a common misconception I had for a long time is dealerships don't want trade-ins. Right. And that they just want to sell cars. They don't want to buy cars. I bet but, you really want to trade-in right now. Though, let's, let's, <laughs> and that, I don't know. I don't know why I had that, but I think a lot of people have that misconception. Um, yeah. Trade-ins is, you know, we, we sell two, two used, in normal times, we sell two used vehicles to one new vehicle. So we are always looking to fill our used car lot. And if we don't get them on trade-ins, we are going to wholesale channels or remarketers. And, and normally, we can go to Enterprise and at the end of the year, say this December, and uh, ask them for, you know, I know I'm, every end of the year we have a sale and we have, you know, kind of 10 of the same car, like a Nissan Altima that we sell super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's that time of the year where wholesale value should be dropping. There's lots of ways to buy cars now. And I think people have, everybody starts on the internet. And I I like Facebook, for example. I like Facebook to check on my friends and my friends' kids, but I would never go to Facebook to buy a car. Yeah, tell us why. Uh, so and Todd and I have always thought it's a good idea if you're going to purchase a vehicle or do some kind of negotiation like that to probably do it with a dealership or a car dealer. So tell, tell us what your thoughts are on that. Well, Again, at a dealership, you have the ability to ask for a car fax and see what the total history of the vehicle is. Um, and I guess you could go out and do that research on your own. But um, it, it, for, for me personally, the ease of going to a dealership and not worrying about transfer of ownership, not worrying about um, who, the, who the title is registered to, because if you don't know how the title um, stuff works, it can get pretty hairy. So say that person, that car actually belongs to a an ex-spouse or something like that. You, you have to know what name to look for on the title. Mm-hmm. You have to know if there's any lien information. That's the biggest thing. What's the status of the lien information? So has this person gone out and borrowed money against the car and you don't know it and you purchased the vehicle and now you have a, a vehicle? We've had that, We've had that yeah. problem before. We've seen that. Yeah. And, you know, it. it it's just... Those kinds of headaches, you don't you don't really have to worry about. Right. So tell me, I want to talk briefly about credit scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, I, I know you've been involved as the sales manager. I know you've had some involvement in credit scores and financing and things. Um, is there like a range or anything? Or do you, do you generally tell folks just to come on in, see if there's something you like, we'll look at your credit score, we'll see your credit history? Well, we, we deal with... I mean, you're talking specific credit scores like cutoffs. Yeah, and, and you okay. may not have those. But well, see, that's the thing. It's you can get on Credit Karma and see your see your score, but that's not necessarily what the bank looks at, right? So yep. Credit Karma, there's three bureaus. They, yep. they Credit Karma pulls off one. Um, used car banks typically pull off another one, mm-hmm. and that score is typically different. Right, and they look at specific things, maybe just to auto loans and certain things like that. Where Credit Karma might be a whole picture. Of banks, secured and unsecured. Yeah, and banks and, have their own yeah. specific scoring system. And okay. it's, it's not only that, the car you pick has a lot to do with it too. Okay. So, How so? Okay, so a lot of people come in, and this is a common misconception too, a lot of people come in looking for the uh, lowest price vehicle because they think that might result in the lowest payment. 
but actually a newer vehicle with less miles might actually be a comparable payment because the bank is not going to cut the term. So you might be able to get a standard term, which nowadays is probably about six years at a lower rate. <laughs> yeah, uh, 72 months is what we see a majority of. And um, instead, this this uh, more inexpensive car might only be 48 months gotcha. at a higher rate. Right. So you might be able to buy a car that's going to last longer. Right. Uh, you have less maintenance on it. Um at more favorable terms, which actually makes the cost of ownership, which is really what we should be considering when we buy a car yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, more affordable for you. So it might actually be a better idea to to step up to a nicer, newer car because of the the financing terms. Sam, we're getting sold. Did you hear that? Yeah, we yeah, were I looking at a used car. I mean, and I just, I'm yeah, he just turned <laughs> us, and now we're over. And now we're overlooking yeah. a brand new Navigator. Explorer, right? Navigator. Well, you can have the Explorer. I'll get the Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, another misconception is what actually affects my credit score. So people are kind of afraid uh, to get their credit checked. But if you're shopping for a car and, you know, if it, I, I always use my credit card uh, kind of uh, credit score guidance, you know, mm -hmm. to see what really um, affects your credit score. But a lot of people are really afraid to get their credit checked. But actually, when you when you're getting your um, when you're buying a vehicle, banks will understand that you're trying to compare financing terms. So like if you come into the dealership, we have 25 banks that we can use. Okay. Um, and depending on your credit profile, three might be the best for you. And we want to shop their rates and see which one's the best. So if you, if you send it to three banks, that's going to be like one check on your, your credit score. Okay. So it's not, I mean, a lot of people, I think it's a misconception that if you, if you send it to several banks that it's going to drop your score, but that's really a, a very small part of your whole credit profile. So that's good to know. Yeah. You want, you want them to look at your credit and you want them to be able to point you in the direction um, that is going to be best for you. So, okay. We want to take this opportunity, Paul, to thank you for um, for joining yeah. us today. And again, Paul Stovesan is the sales manager at Paducah, Ford, Lincoln, and Mazda. Listen, Paul, thank you again for joining us. Hey, thanks again for coming. My pleasure. I really enjoyed it. If you like what you've heard, make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to where you listen to podcasts. If you loved what you heard, then leave us a review where you listen and tell anybody that we're at whatshouldyouask.live and we'll see you next Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we ask what should you ask about life topics, so make sure you come back to hear about what we're asking. Should You Ask is hosted by Todd Farmer and Sam Wright. The producer is Jennifer Caldwell. Visit whatshouldyouask.live to download additional episodes, suggest a future topic, or get a free book from the host. The information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as legal advice on any subject matter. You should not act or refrain from acting based on any content mentioned without seeking legal or other professional advice in your area. The hosts, guests, and sponsors remove themselves from all liability for actions you take or fail to take based on any content in this broadcast.